0: Paul saw the faith of Timothy was something that really started in his grandmother. And through her prayers, through her example, through her instruction, the next generation, Timothy's mother received that faith. And through another generation of prayer and love and instruction, young Timothy receives the power, the, 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 the weightiness of a mother and a grandmother who love God and want to point Him the right uh, direction. How important it is to know that there is a special place, a special responsibility for women, for mothers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, in the important work of God's kingdom. And then as we look at motherhood and how much there is to enjoy and how much to celebrate. And sometimes it's best understood through the innocent uh, wisdom of children who think about their mothers and ask and answer questions on Mother's Day. Uh, we had some second graders that answered uh, some questions about mother that I thought you might want to hear as we see <clears throat> every generation... Appreciates the wonder of motherhood. <clears throat> First question to these second graders, why did God make mothers? Here are the answers. Well, she's the only one who knows where the scotch tape is. Think about it. It was the best way to get more people. How did God make mothers? He used dirt just like with the rest of us. He made my mom just the same way he made me, just with bigger parts. (laughs) What kind of girl was your mom? My mom has always been my mom and none of the other stuff. I don't know because I wasn't there, but I guess pretty bossy. They say she used to be nice. (laughs) Why did your mom marry your dad? My dad makes the best spaghetti in the world, and my mom likes to eat. (laughs) She got too old to do anything else with him. (laughs) And I like this one. My grandma says, Mom didn't have her thinking cap on. (laughs) And so, the children that tell us so much about uh, this uh, beautiful and special uh, office in the home, in the church, in the kingdom of God. We have two mothers this morning that are going to come and share with us. I I, want to call them veteran moms because I've known both of them many years and watched their wisdom in uh, mothering, and we've asked them just to come and share what's on their heart today, as we reflect on Mother's Day. Uh, Bobby Swain is going to come first, and then uh, Ginger.
1: I hope you can. Can you hear me? Okay. Um, today we honor mothers. My mother was a precious gift to me and my two sisters. She was loving, encouraging, had a great sense of humor, and she loved the Lord. But not all of us are mothers. Perhaps we have chosen not to have children for different reasons. Perhaps there are health problems, or perhaps there is no reason. Many have not had a child for reasons that God only knows. Years ago, the Lord revealed to me in my life that having children is not an entitlement or a guarantee event. My husband, Don, and I were married for almost 14 years before we had our son. I was almost 34. And I was almost 37 when our daughter was born. We had trusted the Lord, prayed hard, had even started working on adopting. It seemed that many of my friends already had one, two, and even three children already. I began to identify with women, young and old, who find that they cannot have children. I felt their sense of sadness and even the sense of failure. I also realized that if I could not be a mother in one sense, I could be a mother figure in another way. I began to see that there were many mothers all around us, school teachers, women in the church and in our neighborhood, aunts and cousins, women who could encourage, counsel, give a hug, volunteer time and energy for children, even when they had no children of their own. God gives us all a mother. Many of us become mothers, but he also gives us precious gifts in the character, leadership, and love of godly women who have nurtured us and encouraged us just when we needed it. We honor those mother figures who help us along our way, these precious gifts from God. A year before Daniel was born, I had asked God on a Sunday morning for some indication or revelation about Don and I, were we ever going to have children? And in my spirit, I heard him say Psalm 128. I'd like to read that for you. How blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you shall eat of the fruit of your hands, you will be happy and it will be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine within your house, and your children like olive plants around your table. Behold, for thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion, and may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Indeed, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. But when I read that, boy, I was excited, because I took that as God telling me, that we were going to have children, so I just claimed that in faith and believed that we would see our children's children. And a year later, Daniel was born. God had allowed me to feel what it might be like not to have children. He also showed me that I could still be a mother to those who crossed my path, to those who needed a hug or a word of encouragement. I have had the time of my life with Daniel and Katie. They have made every day Mother's Day for me. Don and I feel the special joy of having both of them when once we thought we might never even have one. Be a precious gift to someone who needs encouragement and love, to someone who needs that mother in their life to help them along their way. I like the way the Christian inspirational writer Helen Steiner Rice once wrote it. and This was actually on a Mother's Day card from my father and mother to me. In this busy day, it's refreshing to find someone who still has the time to be kind, someone who still has the faith to believe that the more you give, the more you receive, someone who's ready by thought, word, or deed to reach out a hand in the hour of need. Happy Mother's Day.
2: Happy Mother's Day. What a, what a joy to be a mother or a spiritual mother, um, just to um, have that privilege of, of being a mom this morning. I'd like to talk to you about living stones, living stones. And there are two scriptures which we'll look up in just a while. Well, Let's go ahead and we can put a marker or a bulletin in those. The first one that talks about a living stone or the most precious stone which is the cornerstone that's Jesus is found over in Isaiah 28:16. If you want to just put a marker in that, it's about in the middle of the Old Testament. Isaiah 28:16. And then if you'll put a, another marker in a New Testament passage which talks about living stones that you and I are, is in 1 Peter 2, verses 4 through 8. 1 Peter 2, verses 4 through 8. So living stones. And each one of us, we're a living stone. If you can imagine yourself, all the moms, all the women, the men and the young people in the church family today, you are a living stone. That's what Jesus says about you. In our, uh, in our family, I think we all have certain family traditions, we like to collect rocks and shells, things like that. So whenever we go on a family vacation, we would pick up some rocks here and there and bring them home. And I can remember one Mother's Day many years ago when our children would collect rocks and paint them. And um, they would put them in an old perfume box that I had, and that was my Mother's Day gift, where are some painted rocks. And um, they were very precious to me because they were something that my children had done. But um, if you come visit us sometime, you'll see in our front yard we have these three large rocks with carvings on top, and we brought those back with us from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And those rocks, uh, they were discarded. The The artists started to make carvings on top of these Stones, and he made a mistake, so he just cast them down by the Arkansas River. Well, we found these cast-out stones, and we thought, oh, these are so beautiful, so we brought them home and put them in our garden there in Tulsa. And then when we moved to Albuquerque, we brought those three carved-out stones, and they're in our front yard here in Albuquerque. And um, those stones, to Dan and I, they represent... Our years of ministry in Tulsa, Um, they represent when our children went through high school and college there, and just God's provision for us in our lives. And so we have those three funny-looking stones in our front yard, but they're real precious to us. And then uh, thinking again about another picture of a stone is my granddaughter. She likes rocks too, but she likes those real shiny ones that um, go in a tumbler, you know, when you... They, they get tumbled around and they get real shiny. Well, um, what we did is we bought a whole bag of rocks for her from Jackalope. And she, those are one of her prized possessions is those shiny rocks that you get from Jackalope. So if any of you ever want shiny rocks, that's a place you can buy them for a dollar. And then uh, continuing to think about a precious stone, which all of you are, uh, last week... A little boy next door, he came over and rang the doorbell, and he said, Miss Ginger, I have something I want to give you, and it's real real beautiful and real special. I said, well, what is it? And he held out his hand, and there was this cracked rock in his hand, but where the crack was, if you hold it up to the sunlight, it was shiny because you could see the, the quartz part in it, and I thought, well, isn't that sweet that he would bring me a rock, um, and I still have that rock, it's in my purse, but that was something special. Uh, let's go ahead and look at these two passages, and I'll talk just a little bit more about living stones. Uh, the first, let's look at this Isaiah passage, Isaiah 28, 16, and if you'll just follow along in your Bible, it says, so this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who trusts will never be dismayed. And this uh, stone that he's talking about, first of all here, is Jesus. If you build anything, you need to have that sure foundation, that precious cornerstone. Uh, the cornerstone was the major structural part of an ancient building. And that's why uh, the prophet talks to us about this precious cornerstone that is Jesus. It had to be precisely laid because every other part of the building was oriented to it. And the cornerstone was the unifier of the whole structure. Just as Jesus is that support stone and that unifier for each one of us that make up the church. In your life, if you have chosen... Uh, to depend on your own dreams or your own successes you'll find that that's just a a, a flimsy base that's not a good foundation but to depend on Jesus as that precious cornerstone is um, what makes us strong and then over in the 1st Peter passage 1st Peter if you'll turn over to that that's real close to Revelation 1st Peter chapter 2 in verses 4 through 8 And again, if you'll follow along, this talks about living stones and being a chosen, a chosen person. 1 Peter 2, chapter chapter 2, verse 4 says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be made of holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ for in Scripture it says see I lay a stone in Zion a chosen and precious cornerstone and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame now to you who believe the stone is precious but to, to those who do not believe The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them to fall. They stumble because they disobey the message which is also what they were destined for. Now we, um, here again in this uh, New Testament passage it talks about Jesus as the cornerstone and why men rejected him. Uh, I wanted to just mentioned to you when you think about the qualities of a stone, uh, you think of this is just real, real basic. You think of firmness, the material of a storm stone is the firmness. Uh, and I want to ask you this morning are you standing firm for Jesus? Are you a stone that stands firm for Him? Also, a stone is used uh, for a defense when many stones are put together in a stone wall or in a stone building. It's a strength or it's a defense. Uh, We live in community with one another. We're not just rocks that are put here and there, but the Lord puts us in where he wants us to be because we're part of a a spiritual house. And then when we think of a a large stone or a boulder, we can make reference to it being a refuge. You know, when you talk about running to the rock or hiding in the rock, that stone is... uh, just something very precious to us remembering that he is the refuge and then in verses um, six through eight it talks about those that reject uh, reject the stone the precious cornerstone and it's because um, because they disobey the message and we don't want to be in that place in the life application bible i look down at the bottom where it gives some commentary and it says what are the characteristics of christ that make him the cornerstone and the first thing is he is completely trustworthy aren't you glad that he is so trustworthy today Christ is completely trustworthy second he is precious to believers he's precious to you and he's precious to me and the third characteristic of Christ though rejected by some he's the most important part of the church and he's the one that gives meaning to our lives. So, in these um, Mother's Day messages, these devotions that Bobby and I have shared, um, we want to address mothers, spiritual mothers, and, and all of you and ask you I'd like to ask you, are you a living stone today? Are you a living stone? Um, perhaps you're here this morning and you feel like one of the carved stones that was cast down by the Arkansas River. Um, and you might feel like that in your life today but uh, Jesus is here to tell you he's going to reclaim you and make you something very precious and special in his sight or maybe you feel like that um, you feel like the stone that the little boy had brought over to me that was cracked you feel like your life is just broken open but if you'll allow Christ to be your healer he will shine on that broken part of the rock and um uh, if if you will also just imagine that Jesus, before he puts us in the wall, we have to go through uh, crisis and trials and temptations and things because it's the Holy Spirit is the one that's chiseling away at us before he makes us, puts us in the place where he wants us to be. And uh, finally, let me just read. Um, you may ask yourself, well, why am I being... Uh, going through these circumstances or this situation Uh, why do I go through this chiseling away process well the answer is found in these next two verses in this uh, first Peter chapter 2 in verses 9 and 10 it says and this is what uh, I want you to take with you this morning and be encouraged is that you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation a people belonging to God that you may declare the promises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Just think, he has called you because he loves you so much out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you weren't a living stone, but now you are a living stone because of his love and his mercy. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And um, just remember, you, as Bobby spoke this morning in, in such a wonderful way, you are a precious gift, each one of you. All of you, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, moms, and um, each one of you this morning as a member of his church and his family, you're a precious gift. And remember, you're a stone that G's also a stone that Jesus is chiseling away and working at. And then remember that um, you don't have to just depend on yourself and be out there alone, but that Jesus is that cornerstone, that one that we can be supported by, be unified by, and uh, that will always be there to love us. So thank you so much for letting me share.
0: Amen. And so <clears throat> it's a wonderful thing to see faith in a mother, a grandmother, a spiritual mother. As we look one more time at this passage in 2nd Timothy, I say how does this happen that this precious faith Transfers from one generation to the next. It doesn't just happen automatically. There has to be a real intention and in purpose. And I want you to see just three things as we conclude this morning. First, it's about a sincere faith, a genuine faith. You cannot go through the motions, you cannot pretend to have, there has to be a sincere and genuine faith that is shared. And that inspires all of us to stop and ask the Lord how we might become more sincere, more real, more genuine in our walk with Him. Second thing we see, the gift that transfers from one generation to another. It's not something that we can earn. It's not something that we can create ourselves. It's a gift from God that we pass on to the next generation. And what a precious gift that it is. Evident in young Timothy as he has a passion to serve the Lord and has the faith to to obey. And God is using him in a significant way. And the third thing, we realize that that gift requires some attention. As Paul says, you need to fan that flame. Make it burn brighter. We realize that it's important that in our own lives that we really ask the Lord to breathe on us afresh That we open the word of God, that God's word could strengthen our faith. That we pray in a way where we really expect God to hear us and answer our prayer. And every prayer becomes an opportunity to grow in our faith. And so, how does this happen? Well, we've got to have a sincere faith. We've got to take the responsibility to pass on this gift to the next generation. And we've got to give attention to the gift In every generation, knowing how precious that it is. You know, we look at the next generation, we think, what are they going to have to face? I look at my granddaughter, just turning three years old this spring, and I think, what kind of world will she experience? And I think, you know what, I'm thinking about the wrong thing. What kind of God will keep her? Is God able to keep every generation with the grace needed for that generation? Absolutely. And so when we think about what kind of world, let's think about what a wonderful God is keeping the next generation, preparing for a future that we don't understand, we don't have to cope with it, but God knows how to preserve and protect and equip each generation for his purpose. I want Sam to come and lead us in a song, and we're going to have a special prayer for our moms and grandmoms and spiritual moms. And I want all of you to stand and take a moment to reflect in gratitude for God's goodness and grace in our lives. And just as we are reflecting on God's word today, how many of you are grateful for a mother that prayed for you? Led you to a grandmother? How many of you are, are third generation? Maybe fourth generation? How we are so grateful. Let's not let. Let's not let the chain be broken. But let's be faithful even as God enables us to do so. Lord, help us this morning as we focus and respond to your word. And help us, O oh God, to heed the example of these women in scripture. And these women that have spoken to us today. The women in our lives who really know the way and are encouraging us. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Let's sing this song together. Let's sing the solid rock. I hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy And are there any great-grandmothers here this morning? Would you lead the way and come down? If you need help, come. And then grandmothers, come behind the great-grandmothers. But let's give time for the great-grandmothers to come forward. Great, great, and great. They're all great. (laughs) But we're grateful for them. And then... uh, If you'd like to kneel down or just stand here, just gather around, we're going to have a special prayer for you. So the great-great-great-grandmothers, the great-grandmothers, the grandmothers, and then let's have the mothers come on in behind and find your place. And then if you haven't had any children, but you really know God's put it in your heart to be a spiritual mother in the body of Christ, come down and join these Mothers, and we want to honor them, and uh, we want to have a special prayer for them. and let's make room just together in those that are in the aisle there and uh, let's slip through. Thank you. Yeah, okay. We can make a path here. And I want all of the, the husbands and dads and grandfathers and everyone to join us in this uh, special prayer for them. Sing another verse. His oath is covenant, his might support me to ask Louise Stambaugh to come up and help lead in this prayer and uh, you can uh, she knows her way to the altar (laughs) Amen 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 You're praying thanking God for our mothers and grandmothers
1: Oh
3: Well we can do that can't we (laughs) You all had a mother so Let's thank the Lord.
0: Amen.
3: Our Heavenly Father, this morning we come before you with open hearts. We are thankful for who we are. You placed us in the home that you wanted us to be in. You gave us the parents that you wanted us to have. You even gave us the children that you wanted us to have.
0: Yes, Lord.
3: Our Heavenly Father, we're grateful to you for who you are. So grateful. And Jesus, this morning, I ask your greatest blessings upon each and every person here. Yes, Lord. Lord. how good you have been to us. How wonderful you have been. Yes, Lord. You have been there when we didn't know you were there. Yes. You supplied our needs when we didn't know we had a need. And I just could go on and on and on and on. and yes, I, Lord. Don't think they'll let me, so (laughs) just continue to bless and be with us and watch over us in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen.
0: And men, could you just extend a hand of blessing upon these moms? Father, we thank you, O God, for these special women in our lives, O God. Bless them with good health and with strength and continued wisdom. And Lord, as they serve in so many ways and are such good examples, of oh God, we just pray that you would bless and multiply their ministry in the church and in our homes and in the world. And we thank you, God. Help us, Lord, to serve them and bless them and serve with them in this very important calling. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And amen. And we have some flowers for all of our moms this morning. And... Uh, Ginger uh, can help pass them out. And Jamie, would you help with that? And we want to make sure that all of our moms have have a flower to take home and plant it in your garden. And you can put a rock next to it if you want to. And you'll remember this Mother's Day. God bless you.